Family Matters has this week launched the Family Matters Report 2020, which examines how Australia is faring in improving the safety and well-being of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children. Uh, we really wanted to talk about this report, uh, and it was released earlier this week, and I'm really excited to be joined by Sue Ann Hunter. Sue Ann is a proud Wurundjeri woman and the National Chair for the Family Matters campaign. So, Sue Ann, welcome to the Early Education Show. Thanks for having uh, we really we, uh, we were sort of talking before we we started. This is a really busy week for you, I think, in terms of promoting the report. Um, so we're we're really grateful you found the time. We should start by just saying congratulations for your recent appointment as the national chair for yeah. the Family Matters campaign. Um, and it's a pr pretty busy first first month or so for you, I think. Yeah, come straight on, pump the report out, and straight into uh, promoting it. But you know, I have been in the field particularly practitioner side of it for over 20 years. So um, naturally the next step is really the advocacy part, which, um, you know, I've sort of been doing along the way anyway. So, yeah. It's a good fit. Um, so why don't you start by telling us a bit about Family Matters, so for people who haven't heard about the campaign and the, and the coalition, um, what do people need to know about Family Matters? So it's um, Family Matters. It's a, it's a campaign to, our goal is to eliminate the over-representation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children in out-of-home care by 2040. Um, our theme is strong communities, strong culture and stronger children. Um, so it's, it's national um, and we want to ensure that our kids grow up safe and cared for in family, community and culture. So that connection for us is really important. Um, we are supported by a strategic alliance of over 160 now, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander and non-Indigenous organisations. Um, and it presents a unified voice across the country and across sectors to ensure our kids grow up safely in their home, receive a good education and grow up healthy and proud of who they are. Um, so since 2016, we've been reducing, we've been produ producing um, an annual report, so the Family Matters Report, and that examines how Australia is faring in improving the safety and well-being of, um, of our kids nationally. And people may be familiar with Family Matters. They do some really wonderful advocacy. Um, I had the pleasure of talking with Richard Weston, the CEO of SNAKE, last year about the push for a national Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander commissioner um, yep. for, for children. Um, so, you know, and obviously you're relatively new to that position, but I'm sure not not new to um, to the campaign mm. itself. Um, I think one of the big challenges, before we, we sort of talk about the report, because yeah. obviously there's some really interesting things in talking about that, but the, um, the push for advocacy in this space um, must be one of the biggest challenges, I think, out there for, for people who, um, you know, committed to this space. We've seen the recent, you know, closing the gap targets so that there's been some some move towards having more Indigenous control over those targets. But, um, you know, as a non-Indigenous person, it's been really difficult watching the uh, how um, the, the sort of statistics get sort of worse and and, and we're not seeing the, the gains we want to see in the space. This is a really long lead up to a question. Yeah. <laughs> this, is how, this is how I operate, unfortunately. Um, you know, as an advocate yourself who has worked in this space, for, for so long. Um, how do you sort of feel at the moment in terms of, you know, advocacy in general and how, and maybe what advice would you give for advocates who are sort of, you know, who are caring in this space? I think um, the first thing is that there's always hope. Even though um, we look at the moment and the rates, you know, every year we suffer at a crisis point, and yeah, we are, we're still at a crisis point. Um, 
and you know the overrepresentation of our kids in out of home care is is just increasing every single year. The thing we have this year is the closing the gap agreement, and the first time they've talked about reducing the numbers of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children entering care. Um, and although you know by twenty thirty one they want forty five percent, that looks. People are like, oh, that looks, but that's only 5% per year and that's entering care. So that fits with the Family Matters target of, um, you know, uh, the, the elimination of kids entering care by 2040. So it fits perfectly and um, it's little, little bits along the way. So if we can reduce little bits every year, it's, you know, how do you rectify the wrongs of the past quickly? Well, you can't. Um, and I think knowing that government have that, we can make them a bit more accountable. I think, you know, just with the advocacy and, you know, been doing it a long time now, is just persistence. I mean, our messages don't really change. Unfortunately, they're the same all the time and we're all saying the same things. Um, but it's just making sure those conversations are being had and that everybody knows about it. And it's not... Um, you know, it's not a subject people like to talk about, child abuse and child neglect and, you know, particularly Aboriginal affairs. It's not it's not um, a really sexy topic for people now, is it? So that keeping having those conversations, keeping it on the agenda and just, you know, being persistent. And I think the thing for me being an Aboriginal woman is oh, I want our generations to grow up having more than I did. I want them grow up connected. I want them to know who they are and... You know, if um, even one or two I've make a difference in their lives, then, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, sort of some of my job done. But I think the people that advocate in this space, particularly our um, SNAKES chair, Annie Mural Bamblett, who's been around for a very, very long time, um, you just got to be relentless. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as, as someone who's particularly working in the early education space has particularly followed SNAKES work and a lot of the challenges around budget-based funded services mm. and the, the move to um, childcare subsidy and around these issues. It is um, relentless as a good way to describe the pretty incredible advocates in that space, of which I know you are as well, um, yeah. Sue Ann. So that's fantastic. And I, it was interesting in looking at, in the, obviously, in this COVID world, the report had to be launched virtually um, earlier this yeah. week. But I think you uh, acknowledged that it was the first time that almost all of the, the um, MPs who were invited were Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, so there was Ken Wyatt and Linda Burney, um, and that you know that that you know that is a good, a good example of progress. There are um, you know there are Indigenous voices now in in, in decision making, which you know is it, it's hopefully you know a positive and will lead to more positive outcomes. Yeah, I know that's amazing. That in you know we've had all um, parliamentarians were Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander, like who would have thought? Um, but I think that's that's um, you know, there's a few firsts this year which are great and amazing um, and really, it really shows hope and change, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's get on to the report then. So, obviously, as you said, this report's been released annually since 2016. Um, yeah. What is the kind of the report this year? What are the, what are the big takeaways that you think people should know about? Well, I think um, the situation is that it's not getting any better. Um, so there was uh, 20,077 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children living away from their families. So that's 30% of the total out-of-home care population. But remember, we're only 6% of the, the total population in Australia. Um, 
if we don't do anything, like it's already doubled in the last 10 years, it will double again by 2029. And that's sort of um, the last thing we absolutely want. So that's the sort of message we're saying every year. Um, but, um, you know, it needs to be said. Um, I think, you know, all the, look, all the statistics are in there um, and we've uh, heard them all uh, again and again. But I think some of the, the new things are a push towards um, permanency and adoption. Um, so that's particularly in Queensland um, and Victoria. And so 95% of those went to, um, those children went to um, non-Indigenous placements. Um, the last thing we want is our kids permanently removed. So the first thing we want to look at is preservation of the family. The second thing, if they are in care, we want to look at reunification. And if they do need to go into care, we want to make sure the Aboriginal child placement principle um, is applied. And there's some of, there's some data around the Aboriginal child placement principle in there as well. Um, the money is going into child protection rather than what we would like is um, support family support services. So we want ACOs to be supported and have um, really, really robust um, family support services. So what we're doing is we're catching the families before, you know, they fall or something, um, you know, happens. So we want to prevent um, kids entering care. And the the, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander child placement principles is a really interesting um, part of this report and previous ones as well. So it is meant to, it has been a commitment by by governments around Australia to um, to try and avoid exactly that situation you've been talking about, which is Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children being placed with non-Indigenous families. But um, it, it, it particularly in reading stood out to me that that it just doesn't seem to be working in in a lot of the a lot of the places. Is that you know, do you think that's in, in in terms of how it's being enacted, or is there a policy response that needs to happen there in with government? Yeah, I think um, so. The thing with out of home care is the legislation across states and jurisdiction is different, so it's, it becomes a bit tricky of who's doing sort of what. Um, some um, some states and jurisdictions apply it better than others. Um, some states and jurisdictions just don't have Aboriginal carers. Um, and so the, the children do end up, um, you know, in, a, in mainstream placements. There's a lot of variables across the state and, and depends on what's going on. Um, but the intent behind the Aboriginal child placement principle is to keep our um, children connected to community and culture so that we don't have another stolen generation. Yeah, and... and given the, the sort of numbers you were talking about before and if they're not stopped, um, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a pretty, you know, dire yeah. talking about for, for those of us who work with um, young children. But that focus on early intervention is a really um, great part of the report and I really like that um, Family Matters sort of highlighted the percentages that are being spent on, you know, respon responses to the problem rather than investing in solving um, yeah. the problem. Um, are there particular, um, so one of the, the other great things is it, that Family Matters is proposing a lot of solutions as well, which is wonderful. And I really encourage people to read the, and um, at least the key findings that are placed on 
Family Matters. I mean, uh, huge thanks for a policy nerd from me for, for Family Matters website. There's, just, there's an infographic, there's the full report, and there's this key briefings document. No one has an excuse not to know uh, this stuff, and we'll include links in the, in the episode notes for this episode. Um, but in terms of the solutions that are being um, promoted, are you, you know, confident that government is in a space at the moment that that they're listening to these responses from from communities. So these are coming from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, which is the only way we know from yeah. you know, from, from everything that that anything will change or work. Yeah, we're really pushing for self determination. So it's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander led, and we're in every part of decision making from policy right down to practice. Um, we're uh, we're asking for it to develop a national and Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander children's strategy that's aligned to achieving closing the gap target, um, which we've started doing some work with the government on already. So, you know, that's like there's hope, like I, I don't think there's not. Um, increase investment in universal and targeted early intervention and prevention, including family support and reunification services. Um, investing in community-controlled early years services through a specific funding model and program designed to meet the needs of our kids and families. And we ask for specifically because we do have different needs. We need to take the cultural elements into account. Um, I think that's a big one, Sue Ann, for, for particularly the listeners of this show. So obviously we're an early education-focused show. Um, yes. And there are you know, we've seen in, in Australia there are current best practice examples where this is working. And I guess it's been disappointing from a, from a policy perspective and mm -hmm. government perspective that these haven't been resourced better and backed more. We have amazing services like Bub Up Willem and um, and the whole It's on my to-do list. I'd love to go and visit post-COVID. Yeah. But um, there are these amazing Aboriginal um, child and family centres in Victoria that are, you know, Aboriginal uh, and Torres Strait Islander run. And I know they are embedded in the community. And this acknowledgement that you can't force these services to operate in a mainstream model. Um, uh, again, sorry, I'm rambling without a question, but the, the, um, do you, is that something that, you know, obviously particularly given the work SNAKE does, which is very much focused on um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children, you know, um, do you have some hope that we might be able to see um, more, you know, states and territories getting behind, um, you know, early years services for, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children? Well, um, considering the stats for um, education um, and that our kids are 2.5 times more likely to be developmentally vulnerable um, in two domains, um, you know, something has to be done. And the rate um, is declining, um, particularly in the Northern Territory, where children are 4.37 times more likely to be developmentally vulnerable. Um, and that's across two or more domains. Our kids start, if we want to look at what's underneath that, we we need to, you know, people go, oh, you don't want to repeat history, you don't want to talk about history, but the drivers underneath it all are transgenerational trauma, for one. Um, you know, the 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 removal of um, children previously, the healing of a community, um, and then how that trauma plays out per generation. Um, and if it's not, you know, healed it, it does pass on um and i think understanding that our um culture is not or being aboriginal is not a deficit it's actually a positive if you can keep kids connected to culture and you know community and um and their family and 
it's a it's a protective factor. They grow up knowing who they are, and they grow up with strong self esteem. And yeah, it's amazing to see kids develop in that way. Um, and being able to have those programs where, you know, if the kids do come in, um, well, they are coming in behind that we're able to take the time to make sure that they uh, are not just being taught in a mainstream way, um, that there's ways of being and doing for our mob. And that's about being inclusive of family as well. So, um, you know, the Bubba Willems of the world and, you know, all our um, early years services, they go above and beyond. They engage the families. If there's something happening, they'll reach out. They'll get family support from the local ACO. You know, that's just what mob do for each other. And that's how they keep the kids learning and in their centres. Um, and it is, and I'm, re I'm incredibly fortunate in, in the work I do in Canberra. I um, get to work with an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um, early childhood service that's overseen by um, uh, Ngunnawal elder Caroline Hughes and her amazing team. And we, we talk regularly as a non-Indigenous organisation about cultural safety and why it's it, why those sort of particular things have to be uh, approached in a particular way. Because I think for, for many in education, not just early education, there's this kind of, sometimes there's this hesitance to having, you know, separate um, early education or early development services. But um, what, what what's helped me over the last few years in terms of trying to listen to learn is that understanding that that, exactly you said, is it's a protective factor, that, that understanding of culture um, mm -hmm. and connection with community uh, is is really specific and, and is and not only is best done can only be done by um, mm -hmm. by the community itself so I, it would be so, it would be so great to see some more mm -hmm. of those um, services but maybe spinning off from that a bit so for, for the majority of the listeners to this interview are probably um, not Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander but may work in early education what would what would your message be to them what would you hope um, they would do after, of course, going and reading the report as soon as they've listened to this interview. But how can people, you know, help the Family Matters campaign? Um, one, I would, I would really suggest that if they really want to understand why we need specific services, um, and and how what happens when you do take culture, and is is really go and have a look at the um, bringing them home report. I really suggest that's a. You know, don't, you don't have to read the whole things. You know, the findings always tell you what, you know, and there's, there's points in there. But um, I think, you know, that's a good start. Then read our report, of course. Um, but, you know, I think for educators, to get it, you have to do your own work. And then you, because you bring it into the room. So, um, you know, whether that's asking if you've got Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander families, if they're able to come into the service and help, you know, the service um, be better equipped. Um, you know, they can come in and, and educate you or reach out to a service where you can do a partnership. Um, look, there's lots out there and um, Snake has a lot of resources and, you know, just, just check out um, the website. But you can also get on the Family Matters, so familymatters.org.au and, um, you know, join our campaign. Um, and then we also have a National Week of Action, and I think that's coming up in May, where for the week we get people to action, um, assist us in actioning, um, you know, our solutions. Yeah. Wonderful. And hopefully we'll be able to actually go out and do those in person by next May. <laughs> that would be great. That would be wonderful. <laughs> surely, surely. 
Um, but as you sort of said there, and I sort of joked a little bit about this before, but I, I, I do sort of mean it seriously. There's so much information that's available um, out there that's been, you know, generously shared by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people through SNAKE, through Family Matters, mm. um, through Reconciliation Australia, through a whole range. There is actually kind of no excuse for non-Indigenous Australians not to educate themselves um, yeah. about yeah. a lot of these issues. I totally agree. And it's sometimes challenging uh, it's it's you know it's scary sometimes because you have to look in a mirror you know and that's okay because we're all not perfect you know but I need you guys to help us raise our kids the best we can because we can't do it alone um, and you know I I was a bit worried about my daughter when you know going to you know passing her over to somebody so you know I did choose Bubba Willem for that map, fact that I knew it was community. Um, and I felt safer knowing she was where she was. Um, but you can also get that sense of safety within your own services that that people will um, come um, and and use your service. So absolutely. Well, we'll include links to um, obviously to Family Matters, but the Snake and a few other other things we talked about. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate you taking the time to. To chat to the to the show about um, this really important report, I really encourage everyone to go out um, and read it. And um, when there's actions to be to be to be happening, will that everyone joins in and, and takes part in this advocacy campaign? Thank you so much for having us and and you know giving us a voice in another platform. So thank you so much.